0: The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then
2: we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate.
1: The Force, it's calling to you. Just let it
0: in. Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the Star Wars Report. I have no idea what that intro was. I was <laughs> like. Tried. Think of something cool to say. Think of something cool. To... Oh, hi, mateys! Yeah, i listening to the Star Wars report. Today's episode, we we'll be talking about Bob Iger
3: and the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. I'm Riley Blanton, uh, your host of the Star Wars Report podcast, just about the craziest. I won't say the most fun, but maybe the craziest hour of Star Wars podcasting. This side of the internet. Uh, welcome back. It's episode 395 of the Star Wars Report. Let's bring him in. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. We don't, it's become like a rare treat. I feel it, but it's, it's nice to have him back. It's the producer of the fine program, Mr. Bruce Gibson. What's going on, sir? So
3: if I'm not on for a week, does that mean I'm not producing the show?
0: Uh, no, you're still the producer because oh, like, okay. I still think, what would Bruce cut? when
3: i go through the store <laughs> like, yeah but yet you still release the episodes
0: i still <laughs> that's true that is so true um Yeah, Oh, and also, uh, once again, it's Mr. Mark Harleman coming fresh off of our episode last week, which was another throwback, our first one, like, with just the two of us in a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this might not be the funnest episode, but I'm going to have the most fun.
0: (laughs) Well, exactly, exactly. Well, and we do have a lot to to talk about in the news. Something to report. I have good news. Data brought to us by the
1: Boston spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, let's not waste any time, let's get right to it. Star Wars Insider, the new edition is out, and its uh, cover has a look at the Knights of Rin and Rise of Skywalker, so we're getting the first trickle. It's just, it's getting, we've had, just as we're recording this on the first day of fall, we're getting towards that, that season, and again, not that season, Star Wars season where the, the TV spots start to come out. It'll be mm-hmm. like a football night, whatever they do on the sports networks. And they drop the new teasers and trailers, and then they, the interview circuits start to whisper around. And uh, we're getting kind of a glimpse of that early press for Rise of Skywalker here in the uh, cover of Star Wars Insider this month. Uh, the cover features, uh, it's, it's, it's first order centric. It's all Kylo Ren. With the first order troopers, the freaking kind of red troopers that they debuted at Comic Con, that are pretty, pretty cool. But it's just like a first <laughs> order. Uh, uh, I know, right? Uh, hit me, Bruce. Hit me with your uh, your impression. Are you liking what you see? Uh, most specifically, and, and this is the, this is the everybody I see. Are, are talking about some of the glimpses of the the weapons and stuff that the Knights of Ren have here.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm seeing some really great Halloween costumes. That dude there on the far right with that. You know, big axe thing. Uh, that's what uh, I want to be for Halloween.
0: A halyard? A halberd? A hal something?
3: Well, you know, they all have to wear masks. You know, it's like every single one of them is wearing a mask. I wonder how much that ticked
2: off Snoke. <laughs> take, mm,
3: that I off. take that
0: mask off. Ridiculous. A halberd. That's the word that he's holding. He's holding a yes. halberd. It's like a giant freaking axe.
2: That's, yes. It, and we've got a new version of a TIE fighter up above him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's triangle.
3: It's mm-hmm. I've
0: seen. Oh, dang it. I'm forgetting the. Where the we have seen that? We've
3: seen that somewhere.
0: There have been some leaks. There have been some leaks. I think there's a Lego set. There's a Lego set, I think. Uh, oh, man, that's it. I'm trying to and remember.
2: Kylo's TIE Fighter. and I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's the one we saw from the uh, the trailers. T-
0: Herleman, what are you seeing? You think
2: that, that TIE Fighter down there at the bottom, that's his? Kylo's? Oh, it has to be, right? Because it's too cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little different, though, than the one from the trailer. Like, it, it looks like it's almost got gold finishing. Yeah. And I like the little, we got Jets. looks like Jet Troopers over above that and the new Speeder bike. And I've seen that Speeder bike. I haven't seen it in my stores yet, but I've seen the Hot Wheel figure that it looks pretty tight. We got the yeah, Snow Trooper yeah. there, although well, the Snow it, troopers got more. Uh, of
0: a- I-
3: oh, wow. I just noticed all the Storm Troopers behind Kylo Ren. Like those are all Sith
2: Troopers. Or Sith Troopers. Yeah, they're red. Hmm. Interesting. But you know, the thing that really sticks out to me though is why is Kylo putting the helmet back together? I mean, you know, he made this great display of destroying it, burying the past, all that. And Snoke hates him having that helmet. I mean, even in the age of resistance. Uh, you know, the comic there where we see Snoke training Ben on Dagobah, he's like, leave that helmet behind. Like, there's definitely a hatred of the helmet from Snoke, yet there seems to be some importance to the helmet. I really hope they play that up. Otherwise, that just seems kind of gimmicky.
3: Yeah, because I'm trying to think, Kylo crashed that and cracked the helmet. So, Mm -hmm. what do you do, come back with like a broom and a dustpan and just kind of put it take it back with him i mean like he he doesn't throw away helmets clearly (laughs) well and we saw footage of him actually welding the helmet together okay so Mm -hmm. it's been a year since the last jedi so it's not like oh he broke his little toy helmet and now he's got to put it back together he waited a year to do it so why why now Mm -hmm. yeah what Mm -hmm. do you think riley that now that you're gone riley's gone everyone riley was on the call and he dropped <laughs> hey, welcome everyone to the Star Wars Report.
2: This is Bruce and Mark. Hey, we're happy to be here. Oh no, Riley's back! Darn, we shang. Oh, oh, I thought I thought we had we had assumed complete control of the Senate.
0: I oh my, God. Back. I'm back. Okay. You're back. Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: we just concluded the show.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Well, thanks everybody. Make sure to check out starwarsreport.com and Twitter. No.
2: No, we're talking oh, about Kyle's to- helmet. Yeah, you know, Um, we saw him destroy it, and then he's gone out of his way to rebuild it. We know that Snoke hates the helmet. Like, there's got to be some kind of reference here, or that's just a gimmick. A 100% gimmick. Or, one could say that it was a bad editorial choice from The Last Director, and that we're fixing that. I'm not one to say that, but an argument could be
0: made. One could say J.J. Abrams is picking up the the shards of the plot of Last Jedi. And all right, no. <laughs> that's not true. It's just an easy joke, right? It's just low-hanging fruit. I I'm not joke. laughing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually see, but it, it's, the problem is, it's too it's it's easy to go there. But no, I actually think I'll 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 put some nuance on it. I don't I don't think it's necessarily J.J. Abrams uh, like trying to undo Ryan Johnson's. I really think he is going to try to create a linear pattern of having Kylo Ren try to piece together his past. And that's why, in the same way, he's literally piecing together his helmet. Um, and, and that doesn't mean just undoing everything in The Last Jedi. That, there's a number of ways that could manifest itself.
3: Yes, but as you, you didn't hear it, but one of the questions I raised is, we see footage of him putting the helmet together. This is a year after The Last Jedi. Why would Kylo wait a whole year to do it? So he's not wearing a helmet for a good year.
2: You
3: mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you think he'd get used to it. Like, he'd like the, the freedom of the, the flowing locks. Exactly. So, you I know,
3: know. It, you'd think he'd sit there and say, well, you know, it's been a while since I have wore this helmet. Maybe, maybe it's time I bring it back. Maybe he... But there's some reason, maybe I'm thinking with the Knights of <gasps>
2: right? Yeah, like no, a, that's it. That's it right yeah, there. We yeah. don't know enough about the Knights of Ren. Maybe that's part of the order. Like, Kylo, why are you not wearing your mask of fate? Like, like right. You must go into the closet and bring it back. That's the one that was given to you by the High Master. Like, well, yeah. and he could like, always oh, have a different mask like made. <laughs> right? He could like, have what? a different mask
3: made. We don't know how this mask was originally made. Is it from the armor of Darth Vader? Ooh. and that's Rude, why he has to I use like, his pieces
2: i like where ah, you're going maybe they're imbued mm-hmm. with some dark side uh, powers just yeah. just so
3: you know i consulted with ryan johnson when he made the last jedi so all those great things he did came from me that was yeah, that exactly. was true
2: that was true <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> exactly. that's that's why we were like we got to make this cat our producer <laughs> i was in a bad
3: mood and i said make luke grumpy
0: I was like, yeah, come on. (laughs) Uh, Hey guys, it's been six years that EA has had the Star Wars license.
3: Uh,
0: It's six years. They better
3: do something with it.
0: Well, they have done some things with it and they've not all been popular. Uh, There's a new article out, uh, the Motley Fool. Some of my favorite breakdowns because they are able to kind of look at the numbers behind uh, some of these stories that are often so charged within the fan community uh, so they're breaking it down molly Full it's, it's been six years star wars license net hasn't necessarily lived up to certainly what i think a lot of people are expecting because there's been a whole onslaught of movies but a pretty limited uh, s- uh slate of games including a canceled project um but they've released battlefront and battlefront 2 battlefront 2 being the more they they ran into the trouble and we didn't covered a lot here on the show but of the the whole crate system and the pay-to-play uh system that they got into a lot of trouble uh at least in the marketing it really did kind of kill some of the excitement behind the game i actually enjoyed battlefront 2 particularly the story mode i played yeah um with the whole uh, inferno squad um subplot that I that I actually thought was really well done. But mm-hmm. uh, we're we're sitting here on on the uh, dawn of another release. In fact, Triple Force Friday. <gasps> I know. Up, what when is Triple Force? It's coming. It's like up October
3: 4th. I think. It's on a Friday.
0: It's <laughs> well said, sir. I think it's next Friday. Like literally as we're recording Ooh, this. Oh, that's hour. the day before my birthday. Ooh, nice. Mm, I think I might have to I might have to go do it. Um i I might do a <gasps> wait a second. Wait a Dang second. Triple, this is great radio. Triple Force Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to confirm the date because... uh,
3: Mark was right.
2: October 4th. 4th. Dude. Just over here spitting the gospel.
0: Guess where I'm going to (laughs) be, Bruce Gibson.
3: San Francisco.
0: Atlanta. (laughs) You want to go? Bruce, you want to go hit the Triple Force Friday shopping?
3: Oh, my gosh. Is that the thing where it happens at midnight?
0: I, Maybe.
3: I'm seeing so something here on StarWars.com. It says more will go on sale beginning at 12.01 a.m. on October 4th.
2: I know that Walmart kind of dialed theirs back. The last two have been nothing. Like right now, my, my Walmart has two action figures. Right now, they're the six-inch black series. It's a Yoda and an a Ana, uh, young Anakin. I'm just like, really? That's it?
0: Yeah, here it is. The uh, Triple Force Friday, the latest tradition in Star Wars product launches set for October 4th the debut of brand new products blah 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 yep 1201 p.m uh, uh, a.m on october that 4th that, that means technically a night but uh we could just do thursday or friday and just go kind of chill we could go we could go thursday evening when riley See, actually so the, gets in town I'm there's really so many
2: characters that are coming out on the black series line i'm just super excited about i'm like oh my god the mandalorian <laughs> the, yeah. the character from this the fallen order is actually one of them too Looks
0: Bruce, what cool. you were saying? Uh, well, I'm confused. Is this,
3: this is on Friday? Well, okay. Is it Friday night, October 4th? And then that evening at 12.01 more? Because it says more will go on sale.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I tell was it was at the last one. They only had certain things out. Like the, the rarest of the rare, like the one things that you get like one in a box of. Those type of things came out and then they would hold off like half of the other stuff. Like I want to say the Black Series they had like all but like three of the main figures and they mm. brought those ones out later in the day. They were trying to make it so the people that missed that midnight thing weren't just like, well, screw this then. Because that happened at a lot mm. of places where the, the hacks and the, the the scalpers would come in, buy up every single thing, and then you'd come in later that day because you were like, screw coming in at 1 a.m., man. I'm going to sleep in until 10. You come in at 10 and they're like, sorry, man, the Star Wars fans that are a little more obsessed than you – Kind of took it all. There's nothing here for you.
0: Mm. So what it sounded like is, Bruce, after you get off work Friday, we'll go see whatever the remains are. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in Los
2: Angeles on that morning.
0: Dang it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, EA's latest shot at making a Star Wars game, it comes in November. It's the Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, And that's a character that I'm looking forward to because it's also like Iden Versio has a droid that comes with him. Uh, it says, uh, while early hands-on reviews reveal that there are still unanswered questions about the good uh, about how good the final version will be, the consensus indicates that Fallen in Order could be the kind of experience fans have been craving. Uh, one analysis has already crunched some of the numbers and sees pre-orders trending towards the strong seller. Uh, you know, it's definitely where my heart's at. I'm in the, I want to play it, right? I want to see yeah, it that looks kind amazing. of thing the way it falls and think about you know Kane and the comic like that was a great comic and it's just basically the same thing you're watching what happened with Apprentice and seeing how he survived all this goodness
0: well and, and what interests me is the the single player story aspect that's, that's much more my speed because I'm not really a gamer so like yeah. the multiplayer stuff it's not really my thing so that's my favorite part about Battlefront 2 was the story mode yep. so I look forward to uh, like I love playing Knights of the Old Republic way back in the day so I'm hoping that uh, we have a sort of unfolding single-player story. Like, uh, I mean, there've been a couple titles like that. I think of well, what, what's the like PlayStation version of Indiana Jones? They've had a, a big, oh, uh, Laura Croft or not, too, yeah, not Tomb
2: Raider. No, wait, uh, like Far Cry or something like that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there's been a couple things like it, but um, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to uh, capture uh, a lot of excitement for something that's pretty unrelated to rise of Skywalker. It just happens to be kind of a part of this triple force Friday thing. And part of the kind of excitement of new star Wars releases in the fall. So it's coming out. It's coming out here soon. It's in November. I don't remember the exact date, but uh, yeah. there'll be some toys and stuff. for
3: Oh, I can tell you the exact date. It's Whoa. November 15th.
0: Bam. Oh, there you go. Like one month no, like, out from like, the rise of Skywalker. Right, right before Disney plus. Hmm. True.
2: Oh I'm my not. gosh. That's a busy week.
0: That is going to be a busy week. <laughs> We're going to have a uh, first episode of the Mandalorian. And-
2: oh, that oh. right there is why the Mandalorians only come in one episode. They're like, you guys, we got a game coming. They're not going to be able to pull away. We got to give them just one episode. So they get to get some time on that game.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they or they realize that hype builds a lot better week to week. Look hey, you know,
2: speaking of time, we're running out of time. If you're a fan of star Wars empire.
0: Oh, um. Yeah. Oh, I, I, in fact, the, this is the main Star Wars line.
2: Yeah, the Mar- Star Wars line's coming.
0: Of which uh, I have some things to say in Boba's Bounty, but we'll get there. Um, I'm the confused by Cow- this
3: news, by the way.
0: So, the, of course, the main Star Wars line that uh, started way back in 2015.
3: Yeah, the ongoing uh, series. Yeah, mm-hmm. the
0: ongoing series. They're closing it out with this uh, exclusive Star Wars Empire Ascendant. And it's this. Uh, issue series that's going to uh, uh, end with issue 75, Empire Ascendant number one, finds the rebel alliance with Skywalker, Leia Han, building up Echo Base on the ice planet of Hoth while Darth Vader tries to locate the headquarters in vain. So it's basically an epilogue to the flagship run, which ended with ish- with volume eleven. I don't remember the exact issue numbers, but issue seventy four, basically. Mm-hmm. So they had that final volume, but this is kind of an extra epilogue, just I guess the little cherry on top, as it were, with this final issue. I know I don't know how caught up in the comics you guys are. Were you know we talked about this earlier in the year when I went on my kind of comic binge.
3: I think uh, I got through volume three. I think that's okay.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm at like um, volume eight, and so I have nine, ten, and eleven remaining. Maybe, or maybe like ten and eleven. I don't know.
2: Now, it also says the special one-shot will also address the fates of Doctor Afra as well as uh, Berlent uh, Valance, But does that that also means that this is wrapping up Afra too, right? Isn't Afra also coming to conclusion?
0: Uh, there, I think there are rumors that it is. I haven't. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. It's still ongoing. But it
2: sounds like what they're doing. Though, is is pulling a Marvel with their movie, uh, Cinematic Universe, where they're like, we're ending this phase, which, you know, for the ongoing, it makes sense. You're catching up to Echo Base, time to do a time jump. You'll probably get the next series that follows after episode five and leads yeah. up to episode six. I mean, because that was always the problem with Legends was like, okay, we got way too many stories all right here between these two movies. And hey, we got a story coming in by Bob. Bob, what kind of story? You got? Well, it's a great story. Let's put it between episode four and five. Oh my God, Bob, are you, you're killing me. Yeah. So I think they're trying their best to avoid that. And I think like that's, that's a, a smart thing. But 75, like that's pretty big. You know, it got quite big. I, I was on. I, I kind of pushed towards a hundred. I like to see everything get to that triple zero. But yeah, at the same time, yeah. when you think about the bigger collections, it's probably going to work out better for omnibuses being at seventy-five, because it's kind of like what they did with The Walking Dead. They ended it on a weird number, and I was like, told I was not expecting that as well. And they did that because of the way the omnibus is lined up. I was like, oh.
3: So speaking of numbers, this is where I'm confused. If if it ends at seventy-five and there's a special finale issue, why is it called? Num- like number one what? Uh, like
2: well that's that's the Marvel thing they're calling yeah. everything a number one right now and, and I believe better. that that is even though no, there's no number thought. two no yeah, yeah. well exactly. think about it, every age of resistance is a number one Every single no,
3: one
0: of them. No, no, Age of Resistance,
2: yes. Age of Rebellion, yes. Age of Republic, and when Age they, of Empire. When they
0: collect, the when they, they release the collect, so we're getting the single issues now, of which I purchased a few um, last week. I was in DC and I just walked by a comic shop and I moseyed in and just picked up the Ray issue and uh, I think one other, the Luke Skywalker one. I haven't uh. read them yet, but like when they collect them, this is how confusing it is. They're each called number one, Yeah. but they're going to like, they have, they'll have like an age of resistance villains age of rebellion heroes and they'll have the different hero stories and they're each number ones right. but they're collected into a volume but it's kind of i actually like that it's a little it's at least it's somewhat easy to keep track of yeah but if well, well, I anything mean, that tells me
3: if i see a number
2: 1 and there's no number 2 i think oh it must suck
0: Right, <laughs>
3: they make a number two,
2: and yeah. it'll only be convenient once they collect them because right now, if you're reading them digitally, every single one is separate. They're not in an age of category. It's you got to find age of rebellion, and then there's your one of that yeah. age of rebellion in this with Snoke, and that's frustrating. So when they do the collection, that will be exciting because then you'll actually be able to get all of them in one spot without having to scroll back out to your library, go down find the next one, go into it.
1: What's yeah. That?
0: Yeah, nah, that's true. We'll, uh, I have, well, we might revisit the topic briefly uh, in Boba's Bounty at the end of the show. Okay, that sounds
3: good. Because I know yeah. Bob Iger had a lot to say about it being number one also.
0: Yes. <laughs> Bob, actually, Bruce, why don't you take this one? We have this, the New York Times just did a, like a, a centerpiece, uh, yeah. a center, centerfold, if you will, on Bob Iger.
3: Oh, is it New York Times? I didn't even realize that. Didn't he write mm-hmm. a book? He wrote a book about his life at Disney is
0: it, is it really I, I, don't, I didn't know what the occasion was maybe that's the I, just, I don't so know I like, oh.
3: it's called uh, the ride of a lifetime
0: hmm
3: yeah I guess he's getting ready to leave soon if it's his, the life, <laughs> ride of a lifetime he's getting off that ride but anyway um, yeah so he wrote about this saying that uh, he thinks that okay this is what he says quote I just think that we might have put a little bit too much in the marketplace too fast well I think we already knew that also <laughs> I think the storytelling capabilities of the company are endless because of the talent we have at the company. And the talent we have at the company is better than it's ever been, in part because of the influx of people from Fox. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. He really thinks the Fox people are that talented. uh, mm, (laughs) Really, really. This is the first time I'm reading this. Oh gosh!
0: So, so, but and I guess this is the significant thing that I've seen a lot because that quote I've seen. There's a couple different quotes from this piece that I've seen floating around. I thought
3: he said he pissed off George Lucas in
0: his book. He did. (laughs) He he did. um, And we can find that later in the article. But I think it's significant that he's the one saying because he hasn't said this before. They said we're going to do a slow down, implying. He explicitly says, Hey, I think we just put a little too much in the marketplace too fast. That's like Um, him, him saying, uh, And, and you think so?
3: I think he's wrong. Yeah.
0: I, do. I agree, I agree with you, Bruce. Wrong.
3: I just, I mean, I, I've said it before. I think the only one that we didn't seem, that didn't perform well was Solo. And again, my from my experience was, a lot of the fans were saying before the movie came out, long before the movie, oh, a Han Solo movie? Eh, we don't really need that. So the fan base didn't seem excited. And yeah. then those who are just casual moviegoers, I mean, I, I've mentioned this several times. I would go at work, and usually when a Star Wars movie comes out, people are always like, "Hey, you gonna go see the Star Wars movie? You gonna see the Star Wars movie?" When Solo's coming out, everybody was like, "Oh, there's a new Star Wars movie! Oh, there's there's a new Star Wars!" Like the marketing was there. I don't think people really were that aware of it,
0: unless you (laughs) went to Denny's.
3: Yeah, yeah, well,
0: all about. (laughs) There's
3: not a Denny's near our office, so (laughs) that didn't help. So that's why they
0: they were screwed. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't know. It's well, it's interesting. I think it's significant that. Uh, it it follows a narrative that's already been established from previous earnings calls where he's talked about uh, a more intentional slowdown. And like we we threw out the piece, Ryan Johnson was was interviewed recently because he's got a new film coming out and he's quoted as saying, you know, I'm kind of ready when they are. I've got, we're still, project's still open, but we don't have the exact release pipeline yet kind of deal for whatever his uh, Star Wars movies are. So again, it does seem like they're trying to very intentionally reshape the narrative and, and say, hey, they're taking their time, we're doing a reset. And this I think will also lend to whatever the next announced film is, which I'm sure they won't even announce until after Rise of Skywalker is already out. But whatever that next film they announce, it's gonna be a pretty radical shift. And it'll be Disney's chance to make a Star Wars film detached from the main Skywalker story but that's its own new saga. So it's not a spinoff. It's not a Han Solo movie. It's not a Boba Fett movie. It is its own a s- new saga within the Star Wars universe. They're like, They're what G- if
2: Rogue and- One was a series? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, I think Mandalorian's testing ground for it. Of yep. like a new character character. Uh, in, in his own story we're going to see how this plays um, and
2: see and, and Iger had a great comment about the new streaming service when so they were asking you know, how can he match the billions that tech companies are pouring into content and he goes what Netflix is doing is making content to support a, a platform what we're doing is making content to tell great stories it's very different and that's also kind of like a
3: wow. yeah. But
0: i I'm like ooh <laughs> ow <Spicy>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, so here's the George Lucas uh, juiciness. Well, here we go. Oh, he he tells stories. I love the the New York Times language is very flowery in this piece, but uh, he's telling various stories on how he persuaded George Lucas to sell him the Star Wars universe. Uh, Rupert was crazed that we bought Lucas, Mr. Iger said, with shy pride. They were the distributor of all of George's movies, and he was – very disappointed in his in his people. So he's kind of bragging that they that they got the win. Um, <laughs> I'm trying
2: to. No, I it's not this article, man. I've I've, I've looked uh, up George, and it's
0: that's. I it. know I've
2: seen it somewhere.
0: It's it's got to be yeah oh, yeah yeah. True. It
3: was in some website I never heard of. <laughs> no,
2: we got this covered. No, Bruce. No.
3: So that's why before when you said New York Times I was like oh really the New York Times, but now that's that's not what. It, yeah, this separate article. So yeah, Mr. Iger wrote a book, and he was in the New York Times, and that's like where the real things happen. And then there's some trash website that then said the George guts. <laughs> that's what we're thinking of. Yeah. Okay, so it's at nabu news dot And so, sorry, oh, yeah, I'd be there. It, you're not trash. I'm kidding.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, no, no. Here's a slightly here's a film industry website slash film uh, details how an Iger's new book the right of a lifetime um someone on reddit snagged some quotes from the book and that's where he talks about uh, mm-hmm. uh the lucas acquisition uh, are, you, are you guys ready okay are you guys yes, ready?
3: yes 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 early let on
0: let the gossip begin kathy early on kathy brought jj and michael Art up to north north california to meet with george at his ranch and talk about their ideas for the film. Riley, George Riley, got,
2: Riley, Riley, Riley. Have you ever gossiped next to a water cooler? you got to be like, and so so this is one.
0: Of, <laughs> George immediately got upset and began to describe the plot, and it dawned on him that they weren't using the, the stories that he submitted during the negotiations. Oh! Ray, that's a, who's Ray? Who's Ray? I wanted it to be about the wills. But that's a story for another time. <laughs>
2: He's a Ben Skywalker. Why? Why does it say Solo? <laughs>
0: um, the truth is, uh, Kathy, JJ, and Alan, Alan Horn, um, and I discussed the direction that the saga should go, and we all thought it wasn't uh, what George had outlined. Sure. George knew we weren't contractually bound to anything, but he thought that the story treatments was a tacit promise that we'd follow them, and he was disappointed. That his story was being discussed. This is so sad. Ooh. I just I thought you were going Ooh. Melody. I don't know. Melody!
3: <laughs> I don't know what George They're is not thinking. Like. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you sell a company, whether you have scripts or ideas, I mean, I would not, if I'm selling something, I'm not going to expect somebody's going to continue doing what I was doing or take my scripts or whatever. I mean, right. I can see George being disappointed, yeah. thinking they might, but I don't think he went in there going, oh, they're definitely doing my scripts because, you know, they've got a job.
0: Can I, I'll posit this. I have nicely done. Why don't you get a job? Um, I'll posit this. I think there is an element when you are the the king of Lucasfilm, you did it. You're the guy. And you're that guy for 30 years. I think there is an element of uh, of just assuming of, of just seeing the world view As the guy who well, did yeah, Star Wars Because and everybody no that worked for him you, Was like, George guy. has
3: bad ideas And everybody that worked with him are like uh, Yeah, genius, you're you're genius So he's like, why wouldn't they well, Want to use my scripts? I'm a genius
0: <laughs> well, and I, Or this that's, is I the don't out This is the
2: premature time. out They're like, I, well if it goes bad It's because we didn't listen to Lucas <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean there's that but like as much as you say that bruce i think there's something to that i don't think it's like what the old red letter media like everybody was a yes man i don't think that's the case but i do think that there is an element of that that assumption that could have i could easily see that going into george's mind like right you know i'm the guy who did star wars are gonna want to use those scripts yeah. my, I'm everyone
2: like my loves friend. my ideas except sure. for the fans um I, do, yeah. I disagree everybody was a yes man you got the job. Uh, you, were, you weren't you were going to screw that up.
0: Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe Faloni's maybe. as
2: close as we got, and everybody's all like, Faloni rolled! He crowned You're like, but Faloni did the best he could, man.
3: That's George like is like. in quicksand. George says, to, you know, Faloni likes all my ideas. Every time
2: I have an idea, he always goes, eh. Yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> being in the room when George is like, and the Mandalorians were never warriors, they were pacifists. Ah uh, we uh, uh, sure.
3: uh,
0: okay. uh, I'm
2: kidding. No, I mean, yeah, I don't think
3: everybody was a yes man, but there were a lot of them, I'm sure.
0: Yes. Well, and I think what that means is that's that how we George, are with Riley, aren't we, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, sir.
3: Keep going. Um, why don't you get a job? <laughs> Where's um, my puffer
0: thing? <laughs> <Yeah>, I know. <laughs> I bribed him with it, um, and he goes on to talk about how George was disappointed in the Force Awakens, saying there wasn't anything new.
2: Wow! Well, he's like, "There's no Luke Skywalker."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, and that's the criticism sometimes levied at the Force Awakens. But I think what Bob's point was was that J.J. Abrams brilliantly kind of walked that line of nostalgia and char- bringing in, like, so here, here's what's new about The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. All the protagonists, mm-hmm. they're all new. They're not rehashes of Luke and Leia and Han. They're new, interesting, varied characters. There's a lot of elements that are similar, like between Ray and Luke. Um, but but it's a different story. I would say the most similarities are visual and, like, structure, overall structure, but not character-wise. The, 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 you know who the – in the traditional – and all right, guys, ready to nerd out some, some storytelling uh, nerder here. Let's do it. Uh, in the Joseph Cambalian Cam, to make up a word, universe of the <laughs> hero's journey, the mentor is, like, the wise wizard. It's the Gandalf. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi, old Ben. Who teaches the ways of the Force? There is no mentor figure in The Force Awakens. Rey is left to figure it out for herself. It's a very different character dynamic. The mentor figure is. But exactly, Han is like the broken worst mentor ever. (laughs) He is, he is. He is. He's bad at it. Like, okay, here's a blaster. I guess you can join the crew, figure it out. That's Tan Solo's mentoring. That's, it's a totally, he, Han, old, aged Han Solo is not, um, he's not Gandalf. He's not the wise wizard. Totally different dynamic in storytelling. And that's at the character level. I'll, I'll be the first to say story structure, um, visuals, very similar to A New Hope and, and some of those similarities. But I think it's brilliant. I think it's a masterpiece. In, what? In the amount of weight on that
3: film oh wow wow no yeah. i love the force awakens i didn't expect you to say masterpiece but
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i, I think I, I said it there i, I said think it. with
3: george i mean i don't know george of course but you know i i would think when he says there's nothing new i think what it's not so much about characters and maybe not even so much about story i think it's more about uh world building you know, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. so you just brought the Empire back and call it the First Order. Oh, we still have the Rebels, but you're calling their Resistance. Oh, okay, like, okay, ships are the same. Yeah, Where's that world building? Show me something new in the world building. You know, I think that's probably where he's, he's going. Not so much, yeah. oh, you introduce a new character. Well, then it is completely different. You know, Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, maybe it's uh, Mark had to step out for a second, but I do want to uh, just take a brief time out uh, to say thank you, a big hearty thank you to everyone supporting the Star Wars Report podcast over at patreon.com Star Wars Report. You can go to it's P A T R E O slash Star Wars Report. You can go there and check out some really cool bonus content that we provide for you guys who uh, bother opening up your wallets and chipping in a few coins, a few galactic credits our way to help with all the costs of the show. Every single penny that you pledge goes right into uh, the Star Wars Report. I uh, want to highlight Rogue Transmissions, uh, which is our weekly bonus audio podcast. We another one this week. It's our pre-show show. Uh, and we just released last week we released episode, I'm actually loading it here, Bruce. We released episode 84, where I basically break down the whole engagement story. In oh yeah. of these personal life.: I haven't listened like I, to that yet. Like I do. I do, this, I do this thing, Bruce, where I just open up my personal life just for content um, on Rogue Transmissions. But we, we talk about a few Star Wars-y things there, too. You can also catch a very special presentation, top secret presentation from DragonCon. Uh, full panel audio available mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Rogue Transmission 83. All of our Rogue Transmissions are available super easy to use the Patreon app. You just download the app uh, jump in at the Rogue Transmissions level and you can download listen to all of our previous episodes and we, uh, it's a great way to support the show and we do appreciate everyone who does so and again, you can do that at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report Now, Mr. Bruce I had the pleasure, uh, of not but a few days ago, interviewing the, the one and only Jamie Stangroom. Now, do you know, are you familiar with the work of one Jamie Stangroom?
3: I sure, I'm sure I am. I just don't remember so, who so he is.
0: he's the dude, you would probably know him as the dude who talked, who interviewed Ahmed Best on Skype, and it went kind of viral because it was the first time a couple years ago that he kind of came forward and publicly talked about the impacts that some of the fan negativity had on him personally and on his career. Um, And uh, he has a whole series of various YouTube videos that he's done with some Star Wars uh, actors and celebrities, and he's done a lot of really cool work with the BBC. But he's just now uh, released, and I actually watched it after the interview, but right before we recorded tonight, uh, I watched The Empire Strikes Door, Ooh, Which what's is, that? it is a documentary mockumentary about Jamie getting to the bottom of the contentious blooper from A New Hope. The blooper where the stormtrooper hits his head.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah.
0: All right. There you go. I, I hit my head with the well, microphone. Um, um, uh, but I, that's exactly what I did. I, um, uh, I, I watched the whole thing. It's really funny. It's presented in kind of mockumentary format because it's very, it's pretty lighthearted. It's like, a, it's one blooper from like 30 years ago, but they're like three different actors who claim that they were the guy. I've and heard he,
2: that.
3: Yeah. he
0: goes, it, it made a bunch of rounds on the press. I just sent him a tweet and he hopped on and he's like, show sure, mate. And we did a, Uh, my British accent is terrible. But we, we Is that we what talked, that
3: was? I thought, oh, I didn't know he was Australian or something. <laughs> I
0: was like, show sure, mate. Empire <laughs> strikes do good eye Mike I apologize um, no, I'm sorry I need to stop but uh, we, <laughs> we talk about that so without further ado we kind of break down some of the behind the scenes of him, how he made it all the uh, various people he talked to including Kevin Smith and uh, he talked to a bunch of Star Wars fans had kind of a jury he even went to the trouble of like It's not just like a a silly YouTube video. He went to like a lie detection place with two of the actors, two stormtrooper actors in Britain taking a lie detector test about whether or not they were the stormtrooper. Um, Mm -hmm. He went to like uh, some of the British comic cons and talked to uh, Gary Kurtz. Uh, This is before he passed on, uh, rest in peace. But he, he talked to Gary Kurtz and some of the second unit ads, and he hunted them down because they all still live in London. It's pretty, it's pretty fascinating stuff. It, uh, and, and it's I actually was laughing out loud a few times. So I consider this a hearty en- endorsement. By the time you're hearing the podcast, it's available on his YouTube channel. Just search for Jamie Stan- Sandrum or The Empire Strikes Door, uh, and you can check it out there. But without further ado, this is the Star Wars Report podcast. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Alright, we're very excited to have him on uh, for the first time on the Star Wars Report podcast. It's uh, Mr. Jamie Stangroom. Of course, uh, you may have heard of him this week. There's been a lot of headlines about his new documentary, The Empire Strikes Door, which we're going to talk a lot about. But I've been a fan of him a long time for um, some of his YouTube interviews with various Star Wars celebrities. Uh, Jamie, welcome to the Star Wars Report podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm super interested in um, in the Empire Strikes Door. It's kind of a – it's certainly the only thing of its kind that I've ever noticed, which is a sort of – a controversy within fandom, but chronicled through documentary and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. What's the um what's b- before we get into the details uh, what's what's your story? Well, how did we get here? How did Jamie Stangroom get interested in uh, the Star Wars landscape and get all of these cool interviews you've done over the years?
1: Well, uh, my introduction really to to Star Wars. I, mean, I think like a lot of a lot of fans um, of certain generations, I wasn't born when any of the original films came out. My introduction was really uh, Came through my older brother. He, um, he, I guess, was part of the uh, the original trilogy era, and I therefore had all like the kind of hand me down toys, uh, mm. the original toys from him. And then, I guess it was really at that stage, though, something in the background. You know, I don't think I really understood it. It was these films that are on in the background every Christmas. I had the toys as well, but I also had other toys, you know, Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja or Hero Turtles. I can't remember which uh, (laughs) one they were at that time, Uh, things like that. And then the special editions came out and I got to have that, you know, that theatrical uh, Star Wars experience. And I think that was really the kind of uh, the beginning of uh, uh, becoming a, a proper fan, if you like.
0: So that I feel like, and I've talked to people where there's always like this turning point where you go from oh I like it to oh no I'm I'm really a fan of this stuff. So for you that was the special editions.
1: Yeah, that was that was the confirmation if you like I was in. Yeah, that's awesome. I was fully in. Well, I was in, always in, but I was really in. So so but you're uh, you're
0: you're of the like, I guess we're kind of on the line um, as you you and I are about the same age of like prequels versus original trilogy, um, but like the first film I saw was the Phantom Menace. Um, and it's interesting how okay. we all have these different entry points, but is is the original trilogy, like, your go-to? Like, if you have, like, a desert island Star Wars movie, what's what's Jamie's go-to? It
1: would be original trilogy, yeah, but then I got fond memories of the prequels because, you know, The Phantom Menace, I wasn't, um, I don't think I was young enough to love it, Yeah, but I also wasn't old enough to hate it is that the right way around you know i i kind of enjoyed it i i wouldn't say i tolerated it that's not fair I, I liked it but i was a little bit disappointed but at the same time i remember you know that that was a real kind of um special moment um in 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 my life in a way and i don't think i've had that build up and excitement uh, ever since Mm. and some people might say because it destroyed it for me but no it it was you know it was just i guess the internet wasn't as big a thing uh as it is now back then and we didn't you know now we get the closer to releases we get so many of the tv spots Mm -hmm. the various different types of trailers that go online the international ones but then you really only had a couple of trailers and you were just counting down the days yourself you weren't told on facebook or twitter by the official star wars account that there's 10 days to go nine days to go you're building your own excitement so i i have fond memories of the prequels um uh, as a kind of an, an event if you like but in terms of um yeah desert island uh, territory, I'd, I'd take, uh, I'd probably take the Empire Strikes back.
0: Empire, it's the classic. I, I can't blame you. That's kind of become my favorite. Unless I
1: can take the whole original trilogy, then I'll take all three. <laughs> we'll take the
0: box set, the VHS, you know, box set. Hopefully there's room. Um, well, it's funny because, like, even talking about the prequels, that's where I really first became aware of you was this interview that you did with, um, I, think you, I think you've done a couple of them now, but it was one of the early interviews with Ahmed Best.
1: And oh, I, yeah, yeah, I remember I mean, it was like the first
0: time I saw him in the sort of public square talking about, like, and I don't know how you did. Walk, walk me behind the scenes. How did you actually make that happen? And, and he talked pretty candidly about some of the um, some of the backlash and what it meant to him and his character. And since he's like, he's, I think he's got a book. He's certainly is doing like a tour show about kind of his life and yeah, career. Yeah, one
1: man show. Yeah, he's um, producing a one-man show at the moment, and I think uh, Frank Oz is going to be directing it, which is which is really cool. Um, and I hope, I hope it's a big success for him. Um, Ahmed's like, <laughs> it's all random, like weirdly, he's become like a mate. We actually met in the real world. All our interviews have been on Skype. We've done about three or four now, but we actually met in the real world for the first time uh, last summer in LA. Uh, he's LA based, and I was there for some work, and we we sort of said should we do an interview? Because every other time we've spoken, we've recorded it and it's gone on the internet and sometimes got noticed. Uh, but we just actually decided now nah, we just get get a couple of drinks together and hang out. So that was really cool to actually meet him in person and he is a really, really, really good guy. Um, but in terms of how it started, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know how it happened in a sense that I don't know why he agreed to talk to me because it was only for the YouTube channel, which at the time was like, brand new i Mm. don't just started it and he wasn't really doing interviews he was kind of like he'd closed himself off he had shut himself down from the force or whatever um he wasn't really doing them and then out of the blue agreed to talk to me i mean i came out of the blue towards him because i just sent him a tweet and then we um moved into the old dms and took it from there really and the plan was to do a fun interview because it was it was um, for the series I kind of still do in a way, in a different kind of way, called These Are the Actors You're Looking For. So mm-hmm. the idea was I sort of tracked down the unsung heroes of Star Wars when the um, the, the Disney trilogy got announced, you know, hands coming back, loot's coming back. But what about low-grade Ewok? What about <laughs> the guy who played Jabba the Hutt's tail? What about <laughs> Greedo? Yeah. Um, so i go and find them because being in the UK, I'm quite lucky in that sense because most of them are here uh most of them are quite easy to, to track down uh aka they're appearing at every convention for the rest <laughs> of their lives yeah and um yeah and i'd then do an, an audition an audition tape with them to sort of try and uh show disney what they're missing out on and you know the interviews were generally quite fun as well but the ahmed one really took a turn and i don't think he expected it and i certainly didn't expect it we'd sort of chatted in advance that i was going to get him to do the uh for his audition to do the, the um, Liam Neeson taken line in the voice of Jar Jar, which he did do, but it ended up being a very sort of deep, um, yeah, open and candid, as you said, uh, interview. And, and that wasn't the plan, to be honest. I've, it just sort of happened.
0: I've come to appreciate that, though, as like a fan podcaster. And there's so many fan podcasts and YouTube shows and things now, but it's very difficult to actually get to the a lot of these actors and performers and behind-the-scenes players in Star Wars and, and have a – well – frankly authentic conversation with them often it's like you know on stage at star wars celebration and it's kind of pre-canned publicity answers and it it makes for i mean it that's why i've just loved i i we're gonna link to a lot of the interviews we're talking about here because if you haven't heard them you need to i like the the one that comes to mind was when um Tim Rose was talking to you, and he was just kind of, I I think, joking around a little bit about wanting a bigger role for Admiral Akbar. but then suddenly that lands in the middle of, like, a whole, the pan politics that, you know, kind of storm in
1: sometimes. Mm, I wasn't particularly um, happy, really, with the response that interview got, in a way. Well, I was a bit surprised, because, like, I think, you know, if you watch the interview or listen to the interview, it was... um, he, like as you said I think he was joking around I think it was a bit tongue-in-cheek because he has got he's got a good sense of humor you know he's from the sort of Henson uh, Muppet era if you like he, mm-hmm. he mucks around that's what he's sort of done for a, a career really and sure he was disappointed I'm sure there's an element of genuine disappointment that he didn't get you know more of a role but it got, in my opinion, um, blown out of proportion. His uh, his comments, and then it was sort of like twisted into you know, Ryan Johnson made him cry and <laughs> and all this. And really, he just said he was he, he wanted a bigger role. He didn't get it. Uh, well, um, and he was emotional on the last day. He was emotional. I think a lot of the um, actors uh, would have been emotional on their last uh, last day because this time they're probably not coming back. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but exactly. It got brought, dragged into all the politics and what have you. And that's kind of something I don't really get involved with, but I sort mm. of was seeing my name attached to all of these really negative um, headlines.
0: It is one of those things It's it's hard to avoid at this point because it's definitely gotten... It's some ways worse, but it's it's. I've I forced myself to recognize as a, a long time fan of Star Wars and as someone who's done podcasts and stuff about it for so many years. I don't think it's necessarily gotten worse. I just think that there's there's certain uh, factions that that develop online and small cubby holes of hatred. Mm. <laughs> sort of really is what yeah, I describe I guess it's it as.
1: Maybe not got worse. It's just more visible. It's, now it's exactly maybe. and and I I mean I don't know how hot you are on your Brexit but I kind of um I compare it to Brexit in a way because in the UK at the moment you're either in one of two tribes you're either anti-brexit or which is a remainer or you're pro-brexit which is a brexiteer you're sort of not in the middle you have to be in one of two tribes and it almost seems like that was Star Wars at the at the moment
0: yeah well and it's and I think um and that's where you kind of get the false... It's easy to get caught up in, in narratives uh, that are not that are sometimes overly simplified. And I've, I mean, I've had that happen, uh, too. But I, I really appreciate, though, that there's still stuff out there where you can have an honest and interesting conversation... You know, it, sometimes that's just the reality of it. But that's uh, you've had these, you've had these uh, the, um, actors you're looking for as the series. Some of these interviews on your YouTube channel, but uh, kind of coming full circle, Empire Strikes Door. This has been a project that you've been working on for a while.
1: Yeah, too long, man, too <laughs> long. Um, but you are, as we talk now, you are. I don't want to over overblow this thing, but oh no, no, play it up, man. You, you're you're <laughs> certainly part of a big uh, moment in. My own history anyway, because I'm literally, as we talk, well, yeah. actually, I'm giving you you know, my undivided attention, of course, but <laughs> I am right next to my computer, and uh, I'm pretty much about 30 minutes from uh, the final export. Oh, which wow. Is, uh, it's a big file. It's probably the biggest file I've ever, ever what's exported. Our, so I'm what's, actually, our, what's our runtime? What's our runtime? Spill it. The runtime is looking like, and it's probably not going to change, so what are we looking at now? We're looking at just under 40 minutes. Micro nice. just over nice and, and i saw uh, actually i saw someone uh, tweeted at me saying can you just spoil this so i don't have to sit through a 90 minute documentary about a guy hitting his head on the door um <laughs> it's only 40 minutes mate but um yeah, it actually came from um, it came from these early actors you're looking for, because, uh, as I mentioned, it was quite easy to find, you know, uh, low-grade Ewok, uh, which is Mike Edmonds, and uh, he also was the guy who played Jabba the Hutt's tail, because there was a guy in his tail, and uh, the one I couldn't find was um, the stormtrooper that bumped his head. Well, I could find him, um, but I found a number of hymns uh, claiming to be him, at least, and it was only ever meant to be just another episode of these are the actors you're looking for, you know, like a six to seven minute interview, maybe with a little audition tape at the end. Um, and then it became, well, as we've just uh, as I've just given you the exclusive, a 40 minute, <laughs> a 40 minute overblown uh, documentary where I've ended up with three people claiming to be the trooper. Now, the obvious thing, and I actually think this is probably the reality as well. They all bump their head. But only one of them did it in that scene. <laughs> and we do come to a conclusion, I believe, uh, that mm. pretty much confirms.
0: Conclusive evidence to be presented.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I went around interviewing as many people as I could. Relevant people, occasionally not so relevant people. Um, <laughs> so there are some random cameos in there. Uh, I went to the place where they actually produced the outfits for the original um, on War One myself to get an idea of, you know, the the lack of visibility and how hard they are to kind of manoeuvre in. Um, Gary Kurtz was really useful, uh, the late Gary Kurtz now, was really useful for um, uh, not only giving me some uh, anecdotes that I was able to then sort of Marry up to uh, some of the accounts from my suspects, but mm. also he actually put me in touch with uh, more people uh, in the crew as well. We were able to help with the, uh, the oh, investigation. Wow. We did a polygraph test as well. Not something I particularly um, believe in, but it was quite fun. <laughs> Never done it before, so why not, man? This is uh, tick that box. <laughs>
0: This is the kind of serious investigative journalism we've been needing in the Star Wars community. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there.
1: Yeah, and I, and I hope. I mean, you you, you get it, um, but I just hope. Um, I've read some comments, and it's the usual thing. You know, I think most people get the tongue-in-cheek nature of it, um, um, but some people just don't seem to be getting it, and I think that's part of the problem that we might have touched upon a moment ago with the fandom some people just take it too seriously and that's the idea of this sure i want to actually you know get an answer out of it but at the same time it's just a bit of fun you know
0: no that's true i can i i already uh foresee myself watching the documentary just kind of tongue-in-cheek having fun but then like but wait who who really did it who's 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 actually the perpetrator or maybe the perpetrator yeah. was the one who hit his head hard enough that he forgot he even did it that would be a twist
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's a possibility too i mean there would have been a lot of headbanging going on <laughs> on those uh, sound stages at Elstree Street <laughs> for sure. But um, again, that scene wasn't um, wasn't a big scene, you know, yeah. and um, they didn't have a big budget. And it was almost quite a, a shambolic um, production in, yeah. in a way. They were moving on so fast. So I saw one, one, one theory, someone commented that perhaps they had the different actors doing that scene and, you know, different on different days and uh in different takes and what have you and no it was done once you know they did about three or four takes in one in one sitting um but but the good thing as well i think about the uh the outcome is that even though i believe who i decide at the end is um i've got a jury uh and one of the three suspects uh got the majority of votes from the jury and that happened to be the one i thought it was anyway um but i still think it's same time um I'm not, I'm not gonna give names right now mm. but um the guy who got the most votes got 12 votes perhaps but anyway any three more than the person who came second if you like so you know it was kind of close so i think even i'm pretty sure in my opinion who we decide as far as the documentary is concerned was the uh the uh the infamous uh trooper you can still sort of have your own opinion and uh you know make your own mind up because uh, i've got Kevin Smith in the jury, for example, and um,
0: <laughs> nice.
1: uh, Chris Jericho and what have you. And, you know, they give their own sort of theories on why they believe the suspect they chose, which is different to the one that I, uh, we ended up with, uh, was the one. So, you know, you can sort of nice. I say it's immersive, but you can certainly make your own uh, yes. opinion out of it.
0: You can go on that journey. It's the Empire Strikes Door. It's uh, on Jamie Stangroom's YouTube channel coming out this week as you listen to the podcast. Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the Star Wars Report. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Thanks for having me, mate. Absolutely.
0: This is Tom Kane, the voice of Yoda,
3: and you're listening to the Star Wars Report.
0: Hey! Jamie, thanks so much, man. Uh, thanks so much, man, for coming on, and it was a good time. Uh, I w- I was just, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Go see it now. The Empire Strikes Door. Uh, Bruce Gibson. You know what? I think it's time for.
3: Yes, it's time for.
0: Boba's bounty. It oh, a lot to me. <laughs> As you wish. That's right. Each uh, week we like to talk about something we personally have experienced or watched or read in the world of Star Wars, and this week is no exception. Uh, Bruce, you want to? Uh, you you got this? You talk. I is, do it till you talk.
3: I talk. <laughs> I, I, t- t- <laughs> hey, yeah. Okay, I, I'll go first because I'm I'm looking up my Boba's Bounty right now. Uh, oh, okay. So, well okay so here's the thing I did an episode this isn't the, this isn't the first time I've mentioned the sh- show called the 602 Club podcast Matt Rush oh, yes. mm-hmm. so I was on uh, I guess a few weeks ago and we reviewed Black Spire the novel based on Galaxy's Edge by Delilah Dawson Oh, here it is. This is what I was looking up. It's episode number 245. It came out August 21st. Oh, wow. It's been a month. I can't believe it's been that long ago. No, that's Crash of Fate. I wasn't on that episode. Forget that. Wait, what episode was I on? So anyway, I did. So they did Crash of Fate, but I wasn't on that episode. I think Christy Morris was though. Uh, but I was on 602 Club talking about Black Spire. oh here it is, it's episode 249 that came 249. out September 18th, so 249, it's Matt and I talking about that novel Black Spire, so uh, check it out, so I read that, and so actually I'm glad I mentioned Crash of Fate, because I'm thinking that might be the next novel, I Star Wars novel that I hit, because I've read every novel since the reboot or whatever after uh, Legends, but I haven't read that one yet, but Someone told me that not to bother. So I don't know. We'll we'll see.
0: Wait, which, which Crash of Fate is the crash next of one fate. thinking about? Yeah.
3: But someone um, told me Did you like it
0: you it. TLDR? Did you like it?
3: Did I like what? Black Spire?
0: Black Spire, yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh yeah, I liked Black Spire. I wasn't like, ooh, I loved it or anything, but no, I thought it was pretty good. And yeah. uh, you know, Vi Morardi is in it, and I remember seeing her at Galaxy's Edge. I don't even know if I told you this, but all the times I went to Galaxy's Edge on my visit to Disneyland, it wasn't until the very last day when I was leaving Galaxy's Edge. And you know that long, where Rise of the Resistance is going in, you go down that long path. She comes yeah. running the opposite direction. And Madison, my daughter's next to me, she goes, look, Dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, there she is. And she puts a finger up to her lips and goes, shh, shut And I was so like, on like cloud nine. Cause I'm like, we got to see Vi. We got to see her. We got to see her. We got to see her.
0: You haven't even read the book yet, had you?
3: <laughs> no, I hadn't even read the book. Wasn't even out yet.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, but she was
3: in the book, uh, Phasma. And I did read that. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. that was exciting. So what is yours? I have a feeling it's connected to comics.
0: It is connected to comics because, and you know what? I just did the same thing you did. I should have been pulling up the link while, while you were talking, but I didn't but uh i it's it's an amazon order so i'm going to my uh my orders history like you can do uh but yes. i'm doing it exactly as fast as my computer will let me uh your orders okay so um when last we had left off on comics i really my last few months in texas binged through a lot uh the all the vader comics the four volumes of vader comics uh the a lot of the one offs the darth maul the uh, of course, the main Star Wars line. There's uh, the crap ton. But I, I read up to volume nine. Uh, yeah, volume nine in the main Star Wars line. I was buying them by volumes or by trade paperback, Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, probably the best way to read comics. Yeah. Unless you really want it week to week. But I um, I'm pretty excited. So I ordered volume 10 and 11, which are the final two volumes, as we talked about earlier on the show, besides this kind of epilogue, one shot. Volume 10 is The Escape, which is uh, with the Rebels on the run, shattered, scared, hope is dead, Vader tightens his grip and mercilessly hunting the scattered bands uh, down with dangerous servants. They will not escape him this time, but for Luke, Han, and the rest of the Alliance, the fight against the evil Galactic Empire continues. Um, I, I'm just a big fan of the, the main Star Wars line. It's, it's it is, I understand the criticisms. It's kind of hit and miss. There were a couple weird ones. Yoda's Secret War or freaking weird. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's a good weird. I kinda, yeah, I actually kind of like it. But it was well, like a weird Clone Wars episode. Hey, Mark's uh, back. I, Wait, I have a really
3: quick question. Because Mark said in, in, in our, our chat, got to take wife to work real fast. That was so freaking fast. What she do? Work next door? <laughs> <laughs> she works
2: down at uh, Ross at night. So I mean, that was <laughs> like you really know, like kind of like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm blessed in that regard. My house is close to both the places that we work. So
0: Dang, getting, was he was like scooting because literally when when I said on the podcast. You know, Mark's rolling out, and he's back. It's, it was uh, well done. Well, done. <laughs>
2: well you know, um, I want to I touch on what you're saying there, though, about it being hit or miss, because, you know, I stop and I think about my favorite series in Legends, and even in – canon, right? Canon with uh, Kanan. Uh, but you think mm-hmm. about Legacy of the Force or not Legacy, uh, the Legacy Comics and KOTOR, nice of the Old Republic. Both of those were brilliant runs. But there were times where the art suffered. Sometimes the plot wasn't always as good as it could have been. And yet, even yeah. though there was that hit or miss field, those still are some of my standout favorite series. And I think the ongoing series definitely of the new canon stuff is in that realm. I mean, I, I, it's I really think good. it's going to be hard it's for like- them to blow it going forward because they've done so well with the story.
0: Yeah, I, I'm 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 really looking forward to finishing it out. We'll come back here as we finish. Maybe over the next uh, few weeks, uh, I can convince you to keep going, Bruce. If you want to, we'll do another comic segment at some point. But um,
3: yeah, I have catching up to do.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a uh, volume 11 was only just released in August 20th, so about a month ago. So um, yeah, a little bit of catching up to do, but it's it's really well done, and it just as all my favorite Star Wars stuff. Does. It ties very closely and weaves really in and out of the original trilogy story very well. That's probably the most consistent, interesting thing that it's able to do, which I really appreciate. So I ordered that one. Then I also ordered uh, Vader Dark Visions. Mm. I forgot Vader Dark Visions was the, like, the, the controversial one. It's evidently pretty weird from some of the stuff I'm reading. But yeah. I'm, interested. I'm interested in it nonetheless because I'm a big fan of the Vader comics. Uh, The four Vader volumes are, I still say, to this day, the best Star Wars storytelling from the new canon. Like, just from a storytelling perspective. Um, It's just beautifully done. Fortress Vader, brilliant.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely
0: brilliant. In fact, uh, Bruce, I'm going to shame you. Have, Have you read the Vader comics? How far along are you?
3: Uh... I haven't read them all. I've read some, I can't even okay. remember which one, yeah. like the Fortress- second, the first two like series or Vader yeah, comics. I, probably, I know I read.
0: There are four volumes in the main series. So you've probably read the first two there. Yeah. And yeah, the, the Fortress Vader, the fourth, like it, yeah. uh, forget the main star Wars line. That is the place to go. Yeah. We talked about it a couple months ago when we did our spoiler segment. And they treat- just
2: get better and better.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. Um, So I I ordered, we'll see, we'll we'll come back around, I'll probably, uh, my boba's Bounty next week I might come full circle on this, but uh, uh, that's me and uh, Bruce, Mark, uh, your boba's Bounty? Well, I'm just about
2: done with Thrawn Treason, I got to that part where he does the old, oh, Moriarty, I guess what I've actually done, I'm Sherlock, ha I fooled you, Uh, (laughs) and I was surprised, I was not expecting, like, I I literally had to go back and read that chapter again, like, well, wait, what, like, so I was, I was pretty stoked with that. I'm um, getting really close to being over, so that's kind of a bummer. But I, I got some other books to read, and this one just came. It is The Skywalker Saga by Delilah S. Dotson. Yeah, I want hear and about that. I was pretty excited. Like, this is heavy. Like, I, I put a video on our Facebook page when I opened it up. But what's in the box? Because I was just like, holy crap, that's heavy as hell. Uh, and it's massive. What's really cool is it's got some great illustrations that look pretty dang movie accurate. At times I was just like, I had to double check and make sure that it was actually illustration because it looked just that good. Uh, and yeah. I got really excited because I'm like, ooh, the Skywalker saga, that must mean episode nine is in here. And I go rush into the back because I'm like that, you know, yeah. I'm like, I got to spot myself. <laughs> and I get to the end and I'm like, story concludes. What the? Like this, this, that's the only problem I have with this is this should be marketed for the first time as a journey to the the Skywalker Um, because that's the only book that's really a true journey to that movie (laughs) right exactly exactly And Uh, so so I was like I was kind of bummed because I wanted to know the end first I was like they couldn't possibly why didn't they wait till they put out that book right after the movie and that was like, even Nathan you know because we both got a copy for Beyond the Films and that was the first thing we thought of too it's like well you know they're going to put out like an expanded
0: edition
2: with the last bit right. it's like you can't really call it the Skywalker saga if there's no conclusion like so that's definitely the weirdest thing about, about this book everything else is awesome like I love the way yeah. that, that Delilah Dawson kind of rewrites the story like the opening crawls a little different I mean it even starts out more like a long time ago uh, or I mean uh, Once Upon a Time is how it actually starts really? It was like yeah, it's, so it's got the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? And then it's got the opening crawl for the Phantom Menace, and it's all, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, mm. there was a desert yeah. planet by the name of Tatooine. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm already digging this vibe, you know? And like it, it just gives you yeah. what you need to know to get into it. And it jumps right into Anakin. You're like, oh, they're already on Tatooine. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I got that. And I was uh, going over that with Jane because, you know, that uh, was the hardest part was I got this and I'm like, it's kind of more like the perfect daddy-daughter quality bedtime. And Uh I was just like, do I put this on hold? Because we're currently in the middle of prime daddy-daughter bedtime story time because I'm reading her the Jaina and Jason books right now. So Jaina's learning about Jaina. And I'm like, kind of like, I don't know if I want (laughs) to stop the brakes on that. Like, I'm like, for the first time, I'm like, Canon can wait. (laughs) That's right. For the first time, I'm lying to y'all. You know that I do that a lot. As well, you know. (laughs) You
0: know, you know, I can't, I can't believe you. Right, hey.
2: Your video, your head's down really low. You
3: look like a Muppet to me.
0: <laughs> Hi. Know, I'm, I'm slouching. Hang on. Let me center myself in the frame, which which we don't have. Video. Although we, um, I've been posting more video on uh, both the Star Wars Report YouTube and the Mouse and Cassidy YouTube. Sure. There. Shameless plug. I don't know why I just thought of it. Hey, quick uh, feedback seg- segment. Um, I just yes. revisited. They're buried at, Like about a month ago, we got them, but because of the comics discussion, I want to hit them. We got uh, two awesome emails. Actually a couple people hit us up on social media and stuff too, back when I was talking about how frustrating it is to keep track of comics and which ones you haven't, haven't read. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got an email from Greg who highlighted how he likes to redeem the digital codes to keep track of, of all of the books he has on the Marvel side, uh, straight to his email, he says, bear in mind the codes uh, are only good for a limited time, but with the high cost of books, that having a second digital copy is really nice to be able to re-download it for trips, vacations, et cetera. Keep up the good stuff, and may the force be with you. Uh, thanks, Greg, and then Andrew had some great advice that actually followed. Andrew emailed and said, I was listening to the most recent episode of SWR, And you mentioned wishing there was a good tracker for Star Wars comics you've read. I use Goodreads, which works for both comics and books. And I love tracking what I've read, but also seeing what's coming up Uh, and uh, that that it does. So I actually went in to my Goodreads account, which I haven't logged into in forever. And I actually like uh, added all of the uh, comic volumes that I've read and marked them as red. And each of them, you can actually, they'll tell you what series it's a part of, and you can see which ones follow. Nice. That is what I want. It's basically exactly what I wanted right there in Goodreads. So I've I've got pretty much everything. The, uh, uh, all the Star Wars volumes I've read. Um, what else have I read?
2: Uh, My mind is blown by this, Riley, and, and, and maybe you or Andrew can follow up to this. Does that work with X-Men comics too? Because I've been trying to get back into X-Men, and I'm like, I'm sure what does. the hell came before and after? The, well, Charles Xavier's yeah, exactly. alive? What the, He's in Phantom X's What the hell is going on? I'm so glad that Star Wars isn't that convoluted. So right
0: now I'm at, and this is, tells you how obsessed I've been, Um, I've I've read 26 Star Wars comic volumes, which also just tells you how many there are. I have uh, like an additional 16 that I want to read that I'll be ordering and catching up on a little bit at a time. Of course, all the all like nine nine of those 26 are the main Star Wars line, but that includes Vader, Kanan, Anakin and Obi-Wan. First volume of Dr. Aphra, I haven't caught up with that. Uh, And then Shattered Empire, Darth Maul. Uh, and that's everything. So there we go. That's that's nice. what I've read so far. Um, nice. On my um, want to read, and the, again, this is only courtesy of uh, uh, your email, uh, Andrew, which I appreciate the, the tip. Uh, I have the next Star Wars volumes. Let's see. Yeah, it's want to read. Here we go.
3: I'm in mean your account right now, looking.
0: Oh, really? oh that's right, because it's public, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> You're all like, what? <laughs> Son of actually Mark, you've read you've read a decent number of comics. You can say if one of these jumps out. Son of Dathomir, Mace Windu, good. Good. Yep. the rest of the Doctor Aphra, uh Star Wars Thrawn the comic. That was good. Uh, uh let's see, the Chewbacca, the Lando, yeah, Rogue Chewbacca One. That's
2: so a good Lando kind of hit or miss. Rogue One was alright.
0: Okay, all right. So, so and Captain Phasma and Han Solo. So those are the uh, kind of want to read, catch up on type of ones. Yeah, so that say it sounds with a way by, based on your reaction, I'll probably order Son of Dathomir. Yeah, and, that's a good one. Uh, catch up on maybe Afra and Thrawn uh, after after these next few. Oh yeah, Son years.
3: of Dathomir. Yeah, I like that
0: one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Hey, again, big t- uh, thank you, shout out to everybody who supports the program directly at Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report. Make sure you jump in there uh, and get our weekly bonus Rogue Transmission. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report. Also follow us on social media. It's at Star Wars Report pretty much anywhere and everywhere. You can email us like Andrew and Greg. Star Wars Report at Gmail.com. And then you can uh, find us all across social media. Mark is at illogicalrogue2. True stories Gibson at, at uh, Admiral underscore Rex on Twitter. Just Admiral Rex on Instagram. And at the Six Hundred Two Club podcast. Make sure you check out that episode on Black Spire. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, you can find me at the Riley Guy, at the Riley Guy on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, What is it? The not Vine TikTok. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> TikTok. Um, but yeah, again, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe, subscribe. iTunes best place to do that. It's an Apple Podcast app. If you're an iPhone user, leave us a rating and a review. It's really a great way to help share the show, uh, or if not, just uh, share it with a friend, the Star Wars buddy of yours, forward a pod, the most recent podcast episode and share the love of Star Wars with Star Wars fans in your life. Mm -hmm.
2: follow us on spotify
0: oh that's right thank you Uh, officially on spotify if you're a spotify user and and
2: riley just so you know my mom's best friend thanks you she has been waiting to follow our podcast Uh, so cindy if you're listening no actually it's, it's a good
0: good number there's a good number of um, Spotify uh, fans out there. So I, I'm, I should have done it much sooner, but it's available on Spotify. Even if you listen to us somewhere else, it really helps. Just follow the podcast on the Spotify app, uh, and that'll help us uh, make a splash there. Are
3: we, on, are we on MySpace?
0: Yes, a thousand percent sure. <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> I, know I want to set up a MySpace profile, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, that'd be pretty great well folks uh oh and a big shout out and thank you to jamie stan groom check out uh the empire strike store available right now on youtube uh jamie is an awesome fellow thanks so much for coming on the show man uh, and you. until next time may the force be with you and remember many bothans died to bring you this podcast
1: Georgia, Georgia, no peace I find, it's just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind. That's Django Fett, Tim Wooder morrison Signing off with a little Georgia.